and welcome into another podcast episode for Codings Pro Magazine. I'm Stephanie Chizik and I'm Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro. Today we have with us Brandon Eckenrode, Director of Development for Collision Repair Education. Their mission is to support collision repair educational programs, schools, and students to create qualified entry-level employees and connect them with an array of career opportunities. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So why don't we start by you giving our listeners a bit of your background. Absolutely. So um, I actually went to, to school for a English and journalism degree. Um, and upon graduation, um, obviously the natural fit is the automotive industry when you have a, a journalism and English degree. But I actually started off um, with a company called ICAR, which produces uh, training for the collision industry. And that industry includes all the companies that are involved with repairing our vehicles after an accident. So it's body shops, paint companies, tool companies, all those companies um, that are involved within that industry and was in their marketing department um, for roughly about eight years. Uh, and it was then when um, I actually joined with the uh, Collision Repair Education Foundation after I found I have a level of comfort in asking people for support of a charitable cause. Um, and that's the foundation was transforming into that charitable entity that it is now. Um, so it seemed like a natural fit and to get be, you know, to get paid to be doing something that you uh, love to do and comfortable doing, it seemed like a, a great, uh, great fit. Yeah. And I bet you those are very specific skills for the role that you have now and probably well-serving for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, especially this past year, as you can imagine, that was quite the interesting year um, to be a fundraiser because of everything that was going on and people being you know, closely watching their budgets. And it's actually no different than 2009 when I started with the foundation because of the economic situation that was going on back then. Um, so it just means you have to get creative. And that's something that uh, I always welcome. Can you maybe then give us like a little bit of a background as far as what your, your, your current role there is with uh, Collision Repair Foundation? Sure. So um, because we are a large staff of four um, trying to solve the, the national issue of um, the need for entry level staff within the automotive industry, no different than a lot of the other technical trades, but uh, my official title is Director of Development. Um, but I am the organization's main um, industry liaison. So I'm out at industry conferences, events, and meetings trying to help um, get more companies involved in the work that we're doing. Um, but I also um, help facilitate any social media, marketing communications, PR, um, things like that. So again, with it being a small staff, we, won't, we wear multiple hats, um, but we've been able to do some incredible things through a very generous industry. Yeah, I, I can't even remember how we met at this point, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was social media because, you know, that's definitely an area that's that's grown in a positive way, I think, especially in the past year. Or so it's been able to sure. kind of keep us all connected. Um, Absolutely. I think that some of our listeners would be probably really interested in knowing how how your world and, and our world connects. So maybe give a little bit of, um, you know, why does this pertain to the coatings world? There's a very certain angle to it. I think that's really interesting and in that it would be great for us to know about. Sure. So a little bit more background on the foundation, which I think will tie into what, um, what you mentioned is that the, we're a national 501c3 charity. Um, so our main role is to support high school and college auto body repair or collision repair school programs, students and instructors around the country. So this is everything from a local high school, technical school, and they're under our umbrella of support. So the three areas that we focus on are trying to get um, students attracted to this industry and to these local school programs, 
supporting the programs themselves with donations, and then also the employment side of getting these students into the industry. So on the attraction piece, um, we've been doing this for several years, um, but obviously looking to kind of expand our partnerships and collaborations. Um, but one of the things that we're trying to do is help these instructors who are facing pretty limiting program budgets, who they barely have enough uh, budgets to be able to provide the tools, the equipment, the supplies they need to run their programs. But we want to make sure that these programs have a professional learning environment. So that means, you know, students having uniforms and these programs not looking like the sometimes dungeon type of atmosphere they, they sometimes have because these instructors are stretched so thin with their budgets that they can't afford to be worried about how their program look, looks. They're just trying to keep the programs operating. So what we're trying to do and have had some success um, is, you know, things like making sure these programs have brand new coated floors as opposed to the floors that they've had since the program opened many, many years ago, fresh coat of paint on the walls, things like that. So where we can kind of build partnerships with companies to make sure these local schools, um, and again, there's roughly about a thousand different of these programs around the country. Um, so trying to help make sure these programs look like professional learning environments, we're hoping that they will help attract um, the best types of students as these are the professionals that are gonna be working on your mind and everybody's cars after an accident. We want to make sure that they're repairing these cars correctly because they're skilled in the way that they should be as opposed to practicing on our cars and then we're getting in them and driving them on the roads so that that coatings and um, helping with that a professional appearance of these programs is i think the obviously the main purpose of us talking and hopefully we can get more people involved yeah and i think that that's obviously great in and of itself but you could also add a layer of safety to it, right? So um, I'm sure that a, a properly coated floor is also a safer floor. You know, the, the concrete itself is not different levels or um, the acids and what have you, you're, you're dropping on it potentially um, could keep it cleaner and safer and those kinds of things. And, and then the PPE portion as well. I know that's a part of what you've discussed too of, um, that you're looking for those donations as well. Um, do you see that the safety aspect could be is part of it? Part of it too. Absolutely. And if we can instill those um, habits of, of making sure that the students stay safe when they're in that educational um, time in their career, hopefully that stays with them when they go out into the industry. And whether they go work inside a body shop, a dealership, or any other of the different industry segments and career paths that are available in the industry, um, to your point, that um, kind of emphasis on that safety at that um, while they're in school is obviously always key. Yeah. And I think one of the other things that you point on that I want to make sure that we highlight too is probably like just like the coatings contractors world, you know, there's a labor shortage. So um, I'm sure that you know, so you're having similar struggles in, in that area as well. And if this could potentially um, attract people to, to that, that area, that, that could be a great benefit from it. Absolutely. Um, so the average age within our industry, which like you said, is probably no different than the other industries is getting closer and closer to 50 years old. So you have multi-million and billion dollar companies who are in absolute panic mode because their workforce is getting older. They need, you know, um, properly trained entry level staff to come in. So if we can help put the technical trades and specifically the collision industry for, for our focus in a better and more positive light, um, hopefully that will help change the mindset of the parents, the administration, the guidance counselors, you know, some people that see it more as a dumping ground because of they've been pushed the traditional four-year college route. Um, you know, college isn't for everybody. I, I obviously, like I mentioned, as a, a product of that, but um, you can make an absolute incredible career within this industry, like many of the other technical trades. 
Um, so if by making these programs look more professional, then if that helps attract more students, um, that's obviously a win for everybody. Yeah, one of the things that that we say in the codings world, at least I've been saying this a lot or hearing this a lot lately is, um, although there are some people certainly who want to go into that industry from the get-go, similar probably to, to uh, auto repair, a lot of people come in it from different angles. So, you know, if, if, if there are people who that they don't know that that's their path, but they kind of find their way, their way into it, then wouldn't it be great to be able to show them, um, you know, this professional side of, of it, that would be great. Exactly. And there's lots of career paths that people aren't necessarily aware of. But again, you don't, I might be, have, I've been in the industry for nearly 20 years and believe me, you don't want me touching someone's car. Um, but I am still part of the industry and there's still paths and, you know, career opportunities um, as opposed to, the, or I should say, in addition to the, the hands-on, you know, repairs that would be happening um, with some of those students who are going down that path. Yeah. I feel the same way. I think we we have a lot in common. I I imagine I uh, I know now a lot about concrete, but I should not be prepping <laughs> exactly. It. <laughs> shouldn't be prepping it. Shouldn't be coding it. Yeah, I at least know not to call it cement. Okay. <laughs> so how can the people in the in the coatings industry, whether that's the contractors, the manufacturers, the people who's you know uh, supply the safety materials, or just you know, the distributors, you know, it, it's a great big world. Um, how can we get the world out to them? What can they do to help? Um, you know, what can we do to help encourage people to, to participate with you guys? So because we support, again, any high school or college, uh, technical college, community college that has a collision program, there isn't a, a market around the country that probably doesn't have a school that can be supported in this type of effort with their, their flooring and looking professional. Um, so by reaching out to us, what we can do is finding out where those companies or contacts have, um, where their markets are at. We can help identify schools and kind of explore that opportunity to see what type of situation the school is in, um, how the school can get involved, um, because some schools have the budget to be able to help when it comes to possibly prepping the floor, or they might not have the, you know, that opportunity. So whether it's them donating those services, which is obviously great, um, and any kind of donated services um, is tax deductible because we're a 501c3 charity. Um, however, we can also explore, okay, um, if they can provide any type of educational discount by, you know, adopting or helping out specific local schools, uh, we can start that process. And the timing is perfect because a lot of that type of work has to happen over the summer or winter break because that's a time when the students are away for the summer the school has the opportunity to clear out the program with all the tools, the equipment and things like that. So that's when that work can be done. So us having that conversation now leading up into the summer break is ideal. Um, the next time obviously is the, you know, the winter types of breaks, but obviously from my understanding, some of this type of work can't be done in the, like the frigid weather we have up here in Chicago, it's more with the, the temperate weather. Um, so summer is the perfect time and we'd love to be able to do a number of different projects over that summer break if possible. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, so it sounds like maybe they should reach out to to you guys, which will will give some information at the end of our chat. But um, before we get there, I mean, okay, so the next, I guess, what what's the the three to five year goal or plan? Or I mean, I'm I would also think that even if you are able to coat all of these schools, which would be amazing, and so, you know, in some amount of time that they'll have to, you'll have to start back over again and kind of, you know, maybe do them in the future, you know, 10 to 20 years down the line. What, so what is the, what does the future look like for you guys? 
So we've been fortunate to, since 2009, when we began that philanthropic focus, uh, we, through a very generous industry, have been able to provide over $300 million worth of support, which has been greatly appreciated. And kind of what our, we're in some like strategic planning initiatives right now to figure out, like you said, what those next, uh, you know, three to five years is going to be. But I think um, what our plan is, is through initiatives like this, it's to try to get out in front of the public to attract more um, students to these programs because what we're honestly seeing, and I believe this is the case for a lot of the other technical trades, is that the, the school uh, administration is constantly reviewing their budgets and those classes, especially the more costly ones, which are typically more on the technical trade side because of all the tools and equipment that are needed, if they're not filling up their classrooms, um, they're usually on the first of the chopping block of being closed down. Um, so what we're trying to do is avoid that. And there's a big industry conference in our industry called SEMA, which happens out in Las Vegas every November. And we usually have an instructor roundtable. And, and sadly, the instructors tell us that they have to root for recessions because that's when people start to think about going back to school and consider career changes. So by us, hopefully within the next you know, couple of years of trying to slowly change that mindset of the public of this being a viable career path for them, um, hopefully that will begin a process of it being more accepted as a career path. And then we can help you know, get these students employed within the industry um, and help start addressing that, um, that aging workforce issue that we've been talking about um, as the, the number of students needed um, is not currently in the educational pipeline right now. So we need to increase those numbers uh, in order to fulfill the needs that this industry has. Um, and that obviously will be done through investing in the local schools. Are you seeing in addition to, uh, you know, the potential, I guess I would say for helping to change that, that the gap with the number of people who are needed in the industry, are, are you seeing other sorts of trends happening um, for the near future, whether it's for you guys specifically as an association or, or maybe even beyond and in, into the, the trades or the, the specific trades that you guys are dealing with? I think it's been in the news a lot more about the student debt issue um, and that, you know, the, the traditional four-year college route is not for everybody. So I think people are having to take a real hard look at, do I go myself to college or do I send my, my child to college because of if they don't have a lot of job prospects and then they're going to be burdened with this mountain of student debt, um, it, is, it is an opportunity and, and it's a trend, I think, with a lot of the other technical trades um, that it's, it's, it's a good time for, for this to be brought up because of that issue. Um, what we're, where we're fortunate um, is that from what we've heard, there aren't other foundations like us in the technical trade, the other technical trades. Um, and we've heard that the collision instructors are sometimes the envy of other instructors because there's just constant support being sent and delivered to these instructors. And their, their counterparts are asking, where is this all coming from? And they said, well, there's this foundation out there that tries and works with the industry. Um, and I think hopefully um, what I would love to see, obviously, is if other groups like us could be formed to just to rally the industry to come together for those schools, because I think they're hurting like everybody else. But we've been extremely fortunate to be supported by some incredible partners. Um, and what's also important to note is that um, as a charity, we return 90 cents of every dollar goes back to the schools. So we're very lean in our operations. And that's obviously not difficult when you're only a staff of four trying to solve the, the nationwide issue, but um, obviously always important to note. Yeah, the, I, I think people do definitely pay attention to that. So that's, that's great to share. And it would, I mean, it would be amazing if, if each trade, so to speak, had its own advocacy group, like what you guys have and, and how that, you know, 
how much more you could do probably as then a kind of across the board as a larger group. Um, I know I've, I've, I've sat in on some meetings at, um, at conferences, obviously before last year, uh, <laughs> where they were kind of trying to look outside the box as far as, well, well where can we look for people for our, for our coatings contracting companies? We're not finding them the, the way that we had been 10 years ago. So um, maybe we need to start talking to high schoolers. Maybe we need to start talking to middle schoolers, you know. Um, We've actually heard in some markets, the, the schools have the students pick their career path in junior high. And I don't know about you, but I did not know what career path I wanted to go in junior high. So to your point, we have to get out in front of the, the students and parents at the, the earlier age. And some of the things that we're doing, again, not having a huge marketing or advertising budget, but on the employment side, one of the areas that we focus on, uh, we've actually been starting to partner with some of the dealership associations around the country and holding our career fair events on the auto show floors. So in addition to obviously the, the main purpose of connecting the students with, um, with companies that are looking to hire in that markets, it allows us to get out in front of the, the parents and the general public who are visiting the auto show. So it kind of gives them a, a first see a kind of, you know, they, we see them asking questions, you know, what's going on over here, what's going on in some markets. And I always tell the story, um, but I, at the, the Denver auto show um, back in 28, 2019, I think obviously that was the last time I think we were able to get together. I literally saw parents pushing their kids into the career fair, say, get out of my basement, get a job. These people are here to hire you, go talk to them. Um, so things like that, um, I'd love to see us be more, um, you know, especially around the holidays, whenever we see those PSAs, um, for different types of charities and things like that. I think that we have to have a presence there just to be getting out in front of the parents. And again, I think we have an untapped market for any car enthusiast that might be out there. So it doesn't have to be industry specific, but anyone who appreciates cars, obviously, I think is someone that might be interested in supporting us because they believe they need to bring back, you know, um, auto body shops to the high school programs and things like that. So lots of good stuff and, you know, potential out there for us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's just there's a lot of potential and at least to show it as an option, right? It doesn't have to be, yep. nothing is going to be one answer for everyone. So there, there just exactly. have to be options out there. You know, it's interesting because I'm not sure if you have the, like the list in front of you, but I was just thinking because my, uh, a friend of mine, for example, has a brother who was on the West coast who wanted to go into cosmetology, but they didn't have like the Votech centers like we do on the East coast. And maybe you have them up there too in the North. Um, so are they just are, are they just at the regular so to speak schools the regular high schools is that where these I guess my question is across the country what types of schools are you finding these uh, these programs at so the there are some in high schools and to be um, to make a little bit of a clarification we we are specific to the collision repair industry which is separate from the auto service industry so what you will typically find is schools that have a auto service or mechanical program that's not the same as what we focus on, um, but typically it's, you know, you'll find them at a, a local high school, but there are a lot of schools. Uh, and again, with this emergence of um, a more kind of a welcoming of the technical trades, you'll see a lot more technical schools or community colleges that have these types of programs. Um, we're trying to help make sure that the, the high school programs stick around because they're under more scrutiny when it comes to cost than so the, the community colleges. So they need more kind of support sometimes than, than some of the other schools. But again, they, there's roughly about a thousand different programs and that's another opportunity. If um, anyone interested can reach out to us, we can help provide them with a, you know, if they're in one market, we can do a three to four to five hour radius around where they're at or where they kind of cover to kind of explore where those programs are at, 
you know, each schools and kind of the different situations. So we can kind of go down that path to find out where we can kind of match up some efforts to help out those programs. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there has to be a huge variety of size and need and what have you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So last year was obviously a unique year um, to say the least, and it's not necessarily gone, but um, you know, I'd like to take an opportunity if you don't mind to like maybe focus on a silver lining or opportunities or some um, maybe challenges that you were able to overcome and not necessarily personally, but you guys as an association, do you have anything sure. that you can share? Absolutely. So in the way I think, um, you know, I'm always trying to think outside the box when it comes to, you know, like you said, trying to find a silver lining in any situation. So yeah, it was one different for me to, you know, traveling was obviously halted being out in front of the industry at conference and events um, that obviously was stopped. So what that allowed us to do is, you know, try to just get creative on how do you fundraise while also being respectful of the different situation people were going through with their businesses. Um, so working through some of our industry partnerships, we were able to do things like through our friends at um, companies called Sturgill Konai. They produce commercial lift for larger vehicles to kind of boost them up to be able to do work on them. Their equipment is in Jay Leno's garage. I reached out to my contact there and said, I can see in your LinkedIn picture, you are standing next to Jay Leno. Um, might you be willing to introduce us and see if he might want to get involved? And they were more than happy to um, help out. And Jay Leno actually auctioned off a private tour of his garage for our charity. So that was obviously great. Um, another company and a, a longstanding partner of ours, 3M, um, through their contact with Chip Foose, who I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but he's a, um, a well-known car rebuilder um, based out on the East Coast, I'm sorry, on the West Coast in California. Um, they did something similar where Chip Foose auctioned off a, a meet and greet at his facility. Um, so it's, it's those types of things where you just have to get creative. It also allowed us to expand our, our fundraising to, like I was saying before, the general public. So you didn't have to be someone in the industry to want to be inside Jay Leno's garage seeing his vehicles. Um, so it was that type of thing that we, you know, try to get creative with our annual golf fundraiser. That's usually in person during the summer. Um, we turned it into a virtual golf fundraiser through, so the, the company top golf, which I'm sure you might be familiar with, they have a online, um, golfing game, which is very realistic, but instead of us doing a, um, a physical one, we actually had golfers from nearly every state, um, in the country and some Canadian golfers participate. So you just have to get creative um, just because of the pandemic does not mean that the, the instructors um, had less need for support. So it's about trying to do what we can to get creative to help out them. Um, so we plan on definitely continuing that into this year, knowing that we, we hope to get back to normal you know, by the summer slash into the next school year. Um, but it's that kind of out of the box thinking and fundraising that we're going to have to, I think, continue to, to help make a difference. Yeah, I think what's, what's, what's interesting is it's hard to remember that. I mean, I know we're all in it together, right? But so are the so are these companies like top golf is a perfect example of you know well they've also had to kind of think outside the box so if we can think outside the box and they they align then what a great kind of you know marriage that is that's that's exactly great. how exciting yep. yeah it's not been this year as you can imagine for any technical trade for what these instructors have gone through trying to teach a hands-on skill via zoom is not an easy thing to do um, so these instructors are, are just as anxious, I think, as the rest of us are to get back to that normal, you know, style of teaching, um, and a lot more, 
unfortunately, a lot more programs are, are being told that they're on, they're being basically being kind of red flagged, where if they don't get more students, um, then their program's going to be cut because of budgets. So now more than ever is that support needed um, and welcomed by the instructors. Yeah, just getting the word out and, and uh, helping to helping to do things like this, I think is would be great. So we're happy to help you guys out. And, and hopefully there'll be a really, a really great co connection or connections plural, you know, with our listeners and, and the greater codings world too. a lot of um, abilities to overlap there. I'm trying not to use the word synergy because I feel like it's just, <laughs> that's just so 2020. <laughs> we're done with that year. We are. <laughs> Let's keep that one in the past. <laughs> Well, before I ask my uh, quick rapid fire questions, is there anything else that you want to mention that I did not get a chance to ask you about today? No, one, um, and you actually just uh, commented on this. Thank you for helping to get the word out. Um, obviously, any opportunity where we can kind of work with somebody or organization or, or you know, whomever to help get the word about what we do. Um, like I said, we don't have, we try to make sure as much support as possible goes to the schools. So not having that, you know, large marketing slash advertising budget opportunities like this are, are huge for us just to help spread the word because you never know where there might be a connection made. Um, and obviously, if any of your listeners have, uh, you know, celebrity contacts or connections or have maybe a connection to something that might be something that we can auction off, you know, help fundraise, obviously that's great, but uh, more than welcome to you know, entertain um, any outreach from your uh, listeners and, you know, people that are um, in that field to start exploring those opportunities with schools that are in the markets. Yeah, that would be great. And, and, and we can kind of help facilitate with them finding maybe those schools in their area. So um, I think this maybe would be a good time for you to give, you know, if people do want to reach out to you and follow up and get some more information, how should they go ahead and do that? So our website is the Collision Education Foundation .org, um, and you'll see our contact information through there. Um, if they can or want, they can follow us. Um, you know, we're on social media, Facebook, um, find, find me on LinkedIn, um, Instagram. Um, but again, love to contact or connect with those people. And again, just start that conversation would be a, a great starting point. Okay, great. Before we let you go, I'm going to make you do this rapid fire round. It's just a, a fun way to get to know our, uh, our, our interviewees. So, sure. uh, so let's start with who would you say is your hero or mentor? Hero or mentor. Um, so a slight answer to that question, but a little bit different. Um, there's, a, there's a phrase that's by uh, Margaret Mead that I always love um, to use inside presentations, but it's you know, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Um, I think that's a, it's a great um, kind of philosophy in terms of what can be done by those that care. Um, so it's, um, again, just a kind of a quote that I've always liked and, and, and used. And um, not sure if that's really like a hero or mentor answer, but uh, it's, again, just a great philosophy in terms of what can be done by, you know, people that actually care. Yeah, I think that's great. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve. So in our industry, um, sometimes um, there's always, I'm in a unique position because within our charity, I'm trying to fulfill a business need. And um, some, the, sometimes the conversation is people will be the first to um, complain about the fact that, you know, there's the aging workforce. 
um, and that there, there needs to be a better quality student coming out of the school. And my question is, okay, so what, what have you done to get involved with your local school? And sometimes the answer is, well, I don't, I don't have time for that. I got to run my business. So it, it then allows for a conversation of, okay, well, we can either work together to change what's coming out of your local school, or if we don't, that complaint will still be around for the next five to 10 years. So, um, people that like to actually take action as opposed to just complain, um, always, it always uh, opens up an opportunity for conversation and get that relationship going. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, th- and this is actually, I feel like, perfect now that I know your background as far as the, uh, the journalism and the, the, um, the education that you've had. What media are you into right now? So whether it's a TV, podcast, movie, book, what have you? A little bit of all of the above. Um, I loved to write when I was younger. I wrote for the school newspaper. Um, I actually had one of my articles published in an MIT professor's college textbook, which was pretty cool. Um, these days, it's more, especially when I was traveling, which seems so long ago, it was listening to podcasts. Um, I'm a big movie person, and I'm always challenging someone to try to you know, be better than me when it comes to movie quotes or being able to kind of name a movie in terms of movie trivia. Um, and especially during these days, you're kind of stuck with that being stuck at home. So very uh, frequent user of, of Netflix and Amazon Prime movies and Apple TV and all that kind of stuff. And um, always trying to keep up on the latest series that you hear about um, that are popular. So um, kind of a little bit of all of the above. Any any favorites that you want to share? Um, just recently. So what was what was good that I did not expect was uh, The Grand which was on, I believe that's Netflix, but that was entertaining. Um, just recently watched um, I Care A Lot, which was kind of a th- thriller type of uh, series. Um, and there's a bunch of movies that are getting released on um, streaming services. And there's a bunch coming out this year that uh, look forward to like, whether it's action flicks or something like that, that uh, look forward to seeing. And going to the movies was one of my biggest um, you know, hobbies when we could actually do it. So I look forward to that coming back, but um, yeah, hopefully we're back there sooner than later. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing that as well as all the information about um, the Collision Repair Education Foundation with our listeners, with me, of course, and then also, you know, hopefully with anyone who might be interested and and would reach out to you. So uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I'm Stephanie Chizik, Editor-in-Chief of Codings Pro Magazine. And again, this was Brandon Eckenrode, Director of Development, Collision Repair Education Foundation. Thanks so much. And as always, happy coding.